conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. Hey listeners, in today's episode, we're having a candid conversation about how to avoid wedding day mishaps. On our podcast, we always want to have kind of conversations and and just go back and forth and talk, but today we're going to dive a little bit deeper about just how important it is to hire a wedding planner first. Before you do anything else, research, find yourself a wedding planner you click with, hire that person, and let her or he and that team go to work for you in all areas of wedding planning. And in doing so, you can avoid mishaps that might happen during your day. Sat down with Veronica Howard of Veronica Howard Events and Design. She's going to share some recent mishaps that happened and how they could have been avoided and how, from her perspective, it really is vitally important that couples hire a planner from the get-go. I mean, there are wonderful day of coordinators and wonderful people that can help you, but having that team leader and that person that has your back from the day one will make such a difference where you can sit back and enjoy your day, be fully present, your family can be present, your parents can be present, and you get to enjoy the celebration with you and your guests. So everybody, please welcome Veronica to the show. Let's talk about how to avoid mishaps on wedding day. Thanks for having me, Bobby. This is quite um, quite a treat. I, um, I love you. I love the podcast. And it's an honor to be a part of it, first of all. Well, thank you so much. Second, basically a little bit of my history and background is I was kind of like the movie 27 Dresses. I was always the bridesmaid, never the bride. So all of my friends were married before I was. And I went through the trenches with all my bridesmaids. I had a large bridal party of eight bridesmaids because they had all been married and they had been married for a little bit prior to myself getting married. And then um, one of my family members had never been married. So she's never been in a wedding and didn't know anything about wedding related duties. Yeah, um, I was kind of just like left out in the dark and kind of like had to figure it all out on my own. And aside from that portion, it was a little bit of my type A personality as well that my girlfriends kind of like stepped back because they knew they knew that I was a little bit of a control freak and it was hard for me to relinquish control. So myself going against my grain now on the other side and realizing where I could have made my life easier and what services I should have contracted out to basically ensure that I was going to enjoy my engagement. But my engagement was wonderful and it was stressful all at the same time. And it was more work than anything. And by the time I got to my honeymoon, I was just exhausted. (laughs) I, Personally, I've taken a, a vow to myself to provide each one of my clients a pleasurable experience. Like I want them to relax and enjoy and just leave the stress to me. Right. And if you're a younger client, 
your girlfriends, nine out of 10 times, they don't know what they're doing or what's expected of them. If you're an older client, your friends may not be as invested as, as you would like them to be. So that's why, first of all, I became a wedding planner. Well, and I think that's a lot of us in the industry, a lot of, especially when I talk to wedding planners and a lot of florists and even really some wedding bands, when I talk to them and we do these wonderful interviews and, and I'm thrilled to bring you know, all the creative people that we have in our industry, you know, to our clients, a lot of the people have founded their businesses because there was a need or they found something when they were planning that was missing. I hear all the time from wedding planners that the number one mistake that they make and the regret they make was that they thought they could do it and they thought their girlfriends could do it. Thus, they're now wedding planners. And, and I'm here to say that some of the best wedding planners that I know are ones that came into the business because they found that need and they went through the trials and tribulations on their own. And it's not that they're saying they're any better than any current wedding planners. It's just they're saying, hey, this is what we experienced. So you can on a firsthand level express to your couples and it's really, I think it's a good selling point for you as a wedding planner that you can tell your couples, hey, look, here's the mistakes I made. Let me help you avoid doing that. Exactly. So, and in hearing you say that, what, what do you think for our couples? What do you think? They get the ring, you know, they start, you know, getting all the bridal magazines, going online to the Knot and Wedding Wire. What's the next step? I mean, ideally, when they go and look at these things, they should be looking for a wedding planner. So maybe share with our vendors why you feel that is so vital in getting that stress-free day that you will provide for your clients? Well, ultimately, it's you're hiring somebody who will care about your day almost the same, if not more. And hiring a wedding planner, first thing, will ensure you saving money in the long run. Good. Everybody thinks that they're going to save money if they do it themselves. And although you may be able to cut corners here and there, you're going to end up costing yourself sometimes triple your budget and you don't even mean to because you're not aware or knowledgeable of what questions to inquire about and what what really angle to look at the big picture in because at the end of the day, day of, you're not going to be executing it. Right. And you're going to be busy getting beautiful, enjoying your day with girls, hopefully enjoying your day with your girls, and you're not going to be able to be everywhere at once. So ultimately you are hiring your wedding planner to help you through each avenue. They will help you find your venue at exactly what, what you're envisioning, if not pretty close. Um, they will help you with your guest list. They will help you determine, you know, your, your overall theme and the core style or anything wedding related. They will help you find your caterer. They'll help you find your florist. They'll help you find, you know, even your dress if you need to. And they may already have connections that you don't even realize that can save you a buck or two here or there or save you the headache of knowing that you're not being sold the moon and the stars and then they show up with half a rainbow. Like, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to be gypped. They're exactly. gonna well, and, and that's a valid point. When somebody goes to a venue, you know, remember, we do this every weekend. I mean, I hear it every weekend and so do you from the parents. Hey, you guys do this every weekend. It's our first wedding. So then let us be the experts because – just like you said, they may find their, quote, dream venue, but then all of a sudden they realize they need chairs, tables. And so you know, well, I can get that from this one vendor who can supply all of that and more, or maybe you know the caterer that supplies all of that, and that's going to save the couple headache because they are going to go to 19 different places where you may exactly. be able to find it in one spot. 
and that's a lot less things to fall through the cracks. So that's a valid point. So hiring you first. So now they found you. What steps are you taking with the couple to start assembling that dream team? Well, I meet with them and I get their overall vision. Um, I get their price point most of all, because that's pretty significant. Um, you can have your dream day, I think, with a certain budget. I understand that price can be finicky and uncomfortable to discuss, but I've got to have the honest truth up front, or you're not going to allow me to do my job properly. I can't. You should do that, you, and you and you are you're forthcoming and saying, let's talk about a budget first before we start exploring the creative side of it, right? Exactly. exactly. Like, show me your inspiration picture, and then show me what I'm working with, so I know where I need to tell you we need to reevaluate that overall vision. And once I get your quotes and everything for you and you get the sticker shock value aside, then you can really start evaluating what's important to you in the ceremony and what's not, or the reception. Like you really start, you know, just becoming aware of, oh, wow, Pinterest, as lovely as it is, it's also quite hateful because (laughs) it's selling me this thing that seems to appear so easy to, to create, but it's not as easy as you think. And there are a lot of moving parts in producing your day. And that's exactly what a wedding is. It's a production. Right. Everybody plays a part. There's not one role that's more significant than the other in the floral or the design or the food. Like it all needs to be cohesive. It all needs to flow. It doesn't need to be a hodgepodge. And it's not like a, a backyard barbecue. It's your wedding. And as relaxed as you may feel like you are at the end of the day, when it's your, when it comes down to your wedding, it matters and you want it to be special and you want it to sparkle. Even if you've never liked anything that sparkled before, there's something special about this day. And if there wasn't, then you would have just gone to, you know, city hall and gotten married. Right. And I think that's another thing that you as a planner can do is they come to you with this venue and it is a blank canvas. And then now you have their budget. You are now able to say, Hey, if you want the bling, this is what it's going to cost. But I can also show you how to cut the corners to get the bling that's going to fall closer to your budget. And then let's also think about this, this, and this that can provide a bling. And without a wedding planner and designer, especially a couple, it really, a couple, no, most people are not good at a blank canvas, let yeah. alone a blank canvas on their wedding day. And as you said, we're, it's a moving part. You know, vendor A, vendor B, and vendor C all have to show up before vendor D, like me, can do my job. You know, I need a lot of things in place before, as the wedding photographer, I can come into play. So now you've met with them, and now you've got the budget in place, and then now you can start listening to their, their views and their vision and personality and then you can start guiding to build the team. So let's explain a little bit about how important it is for the vendors, for the wedding planner, but especially for the couple that you curate a wedding day team based on their personalities. Exactly. I read the couple. I see if they're foodies. I see if the design or the floral really means something special to them. I find out just basically their history and really get to know who they are as a couple and what represents them. And then I find if they're just no muss, no fuss, and they are go with the flow and they trust the experts, I call someone like you for a photographer or Brooke Roberts, and that we just, you know, we push forward, and y'all know what to do. You guys create excellent photos and outcomes. Mm-hmm. I find out about the food, if there are food allergies. Um, another 
thing that sets me aside is that I have a culinary background. So I'm always like, I'm always understanding and looking out for the food portion as well, because food, people will talk about your food for the rest of their life. Right. Right. I've been married three years now and they're still talking about the food that I had at my wedding. It's, it just goes. People well, it's a level. Yeah. It's a layer. I mean, you know, exactly. weddings are all about, you know, touch the feel the smell and the taste and the food plays an intricate part of that. And, and you can have a thousand beautiful flowers and they can smell wonderful, but then you don't have any taste and you're missing those elements. And I think you need all of those to yeah. have a successful wedding. And that is definitely the bonus on you. And I know couples that have hired you. That's one of the things that they love about you is the fact that if they weren't quite sure about a culinary idea, they run it by you and you find a way to either twist it, kick it up or make it happen. So exactly. you know, that's a big bonus to you. So now you're getting the team. How can, how can you, when you surround your couple with the right team, Veronica, how can some mishaps, how can these, how can this prevent some mis- mishaps? And then if you would like to share some mishaps that, you know, prove the point that we're trying to make here a little bit, without naming names or doing anything like that, you know, but we all have wedding day stories. If we could all write a book, you know, we all could write a book about, Oh my gosh, the things I've seen at a wedding. So now you have this couple and they trust you. That's why they hired you. Now you get your core of people that you knows the right fit. You know, you're not afraid to go out and get different photographers or different florists. You're going to find the cup, the vendor that fits that couple. So now we're there. So in doing so, how does this avoid mishaps? Well, for example, one of the weddings that I've just finished um, over the last month and a half, um, they, my bride had booked majority of her vendors before she booked my, myself. And um, it was a classic case of they felt that they were closer to this uh, vendor than what they actually were. They felt a personal connection with this vendor that may not have been reciprocated or felt back. Um, so this vendor was hired, paid a deposit, everything was set in stone, contract signed, everything. The vendor showed up 45 minutes late. Wow. They did not communicate well with myself. Everything that I would email or call, I would just kind of get put on the back burner with them, I guess. And I understand every vendor, let me go ahead and put this up there. Every vendor is busy. We're not your only client. Or, you know, you're not their only client. Everybody has a schedule, you know, everybody's busy. But with and everybody's schedule, wedding falls in line to somebody else's. So I, I can take that a step out of context and give you a little bit of shout out and kudos is you work with that couple. You know when the appropriate time is to start sending timelines over to the vendors yeah. for a wedding. Let's say if they're having a wedding the first week of May. We're busy with our current clients in April because we love all our clients and you might pop in and ask a quick question, but you're not demanding all of our time for the May couple. So that's the thing that is good about you is you get the questions you need when you need them, but you don't start, and I'm going to say harassing. And that's what a lot of wedding vendors feel about wedding planners, that you guys are constantly harassing us, wanting information when if you don't know the information, how do you think we know the information? So. I know that's a harsh word, but that's, you're exactly right. We all have several weddings a month. We all love our couples and we want, we place priority on you. The month of the month of your wedding, you have my full attention, but the week of that couple has my attention. So, so exactly. You send out a timeline and if the vendor isn't communicating back to you, how does that, how do you handle those expectations for your couple? Because now 
even though you didn't hire this vendor and you didn't know this vendor, you're now, you've got to get that piece of puzzle and adjust the whole day for the rest of us because one vendor was disrespectful. Exactly. And it falls into like, just in shambles, essentially. And even though, yes, that's my job. Yes, I'm a problem solver and a peacemaker and a referee and a wedding consultant and your wedding therapist and your life coach yep. during your wedding process. You have to trust me. You have to relinquish control and allow me to set you up. Now, if there is something like that where, say, you have booked them before you booked me and you're 100%, you've seen them in action, you know them, you love them, you love what they do, that's fine. But I need to have every contact number so that I would, I can harass them if they're not responding to me. Exactly. <laughs> and I tell each one of my brides, like, my the point of me, and this is going to sound just like annoying, but it is what it is, you don't have to be a bridezilla. I can be the bridezilla for you. I'm going to set a standard of service that needs to be met or they won't be used again. Right. And it, that's it. Like, if you come ready, prepared, and I've given you every piece of information that I can give you as far as timeline and, and layout and, you know, special surprises and names and, and everything, alphabetical order, numbers, you know, numbered pages, all of it, there's no reason why you show up not knowing anything. Right. And your job is to set us all up for success. I mean, exactly. that is your job. We all do our individual jobs. But you're the team leader. And so yeah. on the wedding day, this is everything Veronica said's happening. Veronica's respectfully put enough time for each of us to do our jobs. But then collectively as a group, we all rise. But it, it's, it's like that tripod. If one, one person's weak, we can all fail and we can all sink really fast. And then we have to go back and rely on you on the day of to basically punt. And then you have to revamp everything. So then... Why you may be harassing us beforehand is the harassing beforehand pays off for those that aren't paying attention and being disrespectful so yep. that we can avoid that mishap on the wedding day. So how do you, what, what happens if this vendor is not there? I mean, I know you, I know you have a list of people, but you know, what position does that put you in to now have to pull it together? Honestly, it puts me at the, at the, the, place where I'm at everybody else's mercy because I'm calling in a Hail Mary and asking everyone that I know to come through and help. Right. And my, my individual lesson learned because each wedding I learned something, something different. No wedding is the same. Not one wedding is alike. So I've learned that the music, I need to have a condensed list of exactly what you want and an edited version to have on, on a plan B scenario, like what I just experienced. Right. Um, this vendor drove off with the ceremony music accidentally. So we pulled through, but boy, oh boy, my bride was very upset. And even though she made it clear to me that, all the, yes, it wasn't my fault. I, it is my responsibility to ensure that this all goes well. Right. So it is my fault. Like I handed over this piece of equipment for you to play music and you just like haphazardly set it down and then it, it just vanished. So it is my responsibility. It is my fault. And I take that very seriously. I know everybody can point the finger and say, well, no, uh, you know, 
I, I handed the torch to you. No, the torch is in my hand the entire day. It is a reflection of me. Right. So like it or not, I do set you up for, for success. I do harass you when it comes down to the probably two to three weeks before I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. But to prevent that, I need my bride to not intervene and not make any last minute changes. Individually. And, and, not contact. And that, that's one of the things I will say that I really want, you know, couples to understand. You mm -hmm. have a wedding planner. If you call me separately, and it, and it is happening right now, if you mm -hmm. call, not with one of your weddings, but if you call me separately and say, I want to adjust this, you don't understand that it also affects now catering or it affects hair and makeup. So I need you to go to the planner. So then when we say, hey, we have to check with the planner, that is not an excuse, couples that are listening in. That is not an excuse. And fellow vendors that are listening, it's we are that team. And so you at least carbon copy everybody so we all see what's going on. So if somebody says, oh, wait a minute, Bobby needs to do pictures at 630, I was going to do the cold hors d'oeuvres at that time. Yeah. Now we see that three weeks before. And I want to I want to make sure that when I say harass, I mean that with a tone of respect because it, oh, it's wedding planners. You guys have to juggle everybody on the day. I'm trying to just take care of what I have to do in my couple. But if we don't work as that team, then we get in that problem. And your name is on your company, Veronica. It is Veronica Howard Events and Design. So you're going to take responsibility for everything that happens. And just like you said, every wedding is different. And I think that you agree with me when I say we may, we think that it's a successful wedding. If our couples are happy, we, we will nitpick it apart and go, man, if I only did that or did that, or that could have been a little bit better, but the couples walk away happy and thrilled guests walk up to you and hug you and say, what a beautiful event. We're as the professionals and experts are always going to nitpick what we do, yep. but to see your couple go off happy and to see things happen and to not let them know things are happening in the background. That's a true testament to a wedding professional. And again, yep. This is how these mishaps happen. So any other mishaps that, that you can share that can be avoided if you would just hire yourself first so that the whole day will run smoothly. Well, if you were to hire a wedding planner first, you would really save yourself a lot of headache. You don't have to stress about it. Um, for another example, there's a reception rehearsal debacle going on, a little war between the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom. The mother of the bride who's hired me and I um, I'm setting boundaries like I'm I'm a new business owner and I'm very eager to help wherever I can but with that said I'm also learning that I live breathe and sleep weddings and I'm driving myself nutty so I have to have a turn on and turn off switch so with the mother of the groom she is her intention is good her heart's in the right place, but she's overstepping. Instead of my mother of the bride losing her mind and causing a huge war, a lifelong war, I might add, because you guys are going to be married. Like, I, when you marry your spouse, you marry their family. So uh, let me be the bad guy. Let me handle it. I'll handle it neutral. I will be the referee, and she'll never know the difference. She'll never know. And then you get what you want. She gets what she wants and everyone's happy. Right. And that is hard because I mean, I, I, even though, even for me, it's, you get pulled four or five different directions, you know, and most often it is the groom's family wants something 
but let's face it, 90% of the time, the bride's family who's wrote the check for us. So, yeah, you know, and so then we have to, then we have to go to the wedding planner and say, look, this is what's happening. You mm-hmm. need to be the buffer, figure out a time where we can get all this done. So again, it goes back to managing expectations. Mm-hmm. We can only manage expectations when we are given the uh, expert ability to do so and give the permission to let us do our jobs. Exactly. And that's hard. And for a wedding planner, especially, you know, you're managing all of us. I mean, you, you have the whole day, you know, line up here, line up here, point A, point B. And it's not so much about the time. It's about the order of the events. You know, we all know that it's going to be late, but you have to still keep the order in. So another mishap that I often see happening is that you guys get hired and I am going to say it's a mishap. Mm -hmm. You guys get hired so late in the game that now instead of being the wedding planner or wedding director, you're the wedding cleanup, pick up the mess and try to salvage So Mm -hmm. in your definition is how do you define a wedding coordinator versus a planner versus a designer? Well, I feel like a designer and a planner are the same in the sense of if you've hired a planner, they're hired from day one and they're walking you through each step. They are helping you design moment to moment of the day. Um, It's also, you know, a day of coordinator because typically a designer and a planner will be there to execute it the day of. Right. Um, uh, Just a coordinator in general, I feel like they, they communicate for your vendor or to your vendors for you. And it is what it is. I don't think like they really have the full on idea of what, the long picture or the big picture is rather like, I think they're they're just there to execute, open this box, put the box on the table. Exactly. Like they want to make sure that the decor is put in place and that the timeline is, is on, on target. Other than that, there's no real, I mean, not to discount what they do because I'm sure that they care, but at the end of the day, they don't care like a planner does when they've been with you from day one. They're not emotionally invested. They're emotionally invested in the eight or 10 hours that you've hired them for. That's it. That's all you get. They're like a busy bee. Their job is to just put the things out. And I will say this, that they sometimes don't know so much how that florist really wants something to go or how that florist envisioned something because they weren't there. So their job is to just get the things there. And I'm going to be honest, some day of coordinators don't really do a schedule like that. They're just saying, hey, we're starting now, get going. Um, so there is a big difference, I think, in planning design in the coordinator. So I was curious. Yes. What you and day of coordinator typically will find themselves going to the bride every five seconds with that. Well, the florist is here. Where did you want this to go again? And right. a planner is not going to bother you whatsoever. She's going to check in with you and say, how's the champagne? How are the mimosas? You look beautiful. Are you ready to put your dress on? Like she'll be able to spend more time with you while things are being executed. Whereas the coordinator, the day of coordinator is executing it. And that's a a fact. I mean, that was a perfect way to describe that because you're just checking to make sure the flow is going instead of asking how to. And, and again, I'm not knocking any day of coordinator. I think it's one of the most, I think it's one of the hardest jobs and it's one of the least respected jobs because you're, you're kind of like, I don't really know what to do, but I'm here, but I really can't help a lot. And then most of us end up doing the individual planning for our individual, you know, area that we work on. So then there's, then there's sometimes too many 
cooks in the kitchen per se, instead of just one team leader? I feel like day of coordinators are least respected because they just show up in, into a war zone per se. Right. And they're trying to find the pieces of the puzzle and the difference between a day of and the wedding planners, the wedding planner is already going to know all these vendors. Day of is meeting some of these vendors the first time ever. And you're having to deal with a lot of personalities and it's essentially you're just babysitting. Exactly. It, it gets really hectic really soon. So that's another reason. And half of the day of coordinators don't make half of what they should, to be honest, because they walk in to quite a mess. Right. So I agree with you entirely on that. Well, and and it's, again, it's that mishaps that we're talking about. Think of all the simple little things, just, just like the one you experienced. You would have never thought the ceremony music would have been taken off, but had you not had a planner in place, what would they have done? You know, I would have picked out my cell phone and tried to figure something out and we would have moved on. Mm -hmm. Now there's yes. And in 10 years from now, one year from now, it'll be funny. But at the moment it was devastating. It was devastating. And as silly as it is, it's ceremony music. You're still marrying your best friend. You're still going to be husband and wife. You know, you're still, you know, you're still marrying your partner. The rest of the life and world will go on. But at that moment, it's, you spent all this time planning and all these little things go. I want to talk a little bit too about, how, and I know you can explain it, the, how fast the day goes. You spend all this time wedding planning, all this year, sometimes you two years, and the day goes by fast. And by having you on board, explain how the couple and the parents and the family get to actually be present, enjoy the day, and not have to wait for photos because they missed everything. So that is a beautiful question. And I'm happy to say that each one of my clients so far have thanked me and the mothers and grandmothers and the aunts have all individually came to me and thanked me that they were able to enjoy the day with their daughter or niece, granddaughter. Um, and the, and the bridesmaids and the best friends are like, Oh my gosh, we got to be there. Right. And so that means a lot to me. Um, that's my goal, um, for each client. And it just really, basically the day's going to go by in the blink of an eye. You are up early, getting hair and makeup done, becoming beautiful, hiring a wedding planner to handle all the details of having your lunch brought to you or having your dress steamed while your hair is being done, having your band arrive, having your caterer arrive, having the decor set up and everything, your floral, your photographer, you name it. While you're upstairs having mimosas, with your bridesmaids and your mom and your mom is standing by your side, helping zip you up or button you into your dress that that day you're never going to get back. Right. So it's so important to be able to have that day. And it's just having a planner be able to hand you a timeline of saying, Hey, Bobby and I, we went through this timeline and we think we can get this done prior to the ceremony. So that way after the ceremony, you're only held up for 30 minutes instead of an hour and a half. And now you get to go and enjoy your reception. And Hey, while um, your guests are going through the buffet or being served, you and your groom are going to sit down and eat first. And I'll basically guard you. So you actually eat because a lot of brides and grooms don't get to eat. Um, And Veronica the planner is going to make sure that the caterer packs a doggy bag because at night, at the, in the middle of the night, once you hit your um, your honeymoon suite, you're going to be hungry. And what's open? So there you go. There's a midnight snack in case you want something. And 
oh, you know what, mom and dad, just hand me the keys and we'll load up the gifts. You don't have to worry about that. Mom and dad, this is something that you contributed for decor for whatever reason. It's a, it's a sentimental um, heirloom piece in the family. I want to make sure that it gets back to you in one piece. Exactly. Those little details, those little things add up. And if you are working your wedding instead of enjoying your wedding, you're not going to be present at your wedding. No, then you're just not able to discuss anything with your people and thank them for coming and traveling to celebrate you. And you're not going to be able to be dancing on the stage or dancing with all your friends. You're going to be having to make sure that your gifts don't get misplaced and cards aren't swiped or, you know what I mean? It's just. Well, and especially in our market, we're a destination market. Some of your guests may have traveled six, seven hours. Some of them may have flew on a, on a plane for eight hours. Yeah. And you might not have seen some of these people for a while. You know, thank heaven we have Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, but it's mm-hmm. not the same as being with a person in person. So here you are able to say, and let's all face it, brides and grooms don't like timelines. Parents don't like timelines. It's because all of a sudden the experts are telling you what to do. Because that's how they perceive it, where if they would sit back and say, look, this is just how to make the day flow. There's plenty of flex in here. There's plenty of visibility here. But if you don't have this, you don't know the first steps to take. So this timeline keeps everybody accountable. It keeps us moving forward. And again, you think it goes by fast. If you don't have a timeline, you won't even, it is going to be just a cluster, you know, and the timeline is crucial to a planner who has been on from the beginning, who can sit down, who is invested in a couple, who has listened to. The most important thing for us, Veronica, is to make sure that we're at our cocktail hour. Then you're able to say, then that's going to require first look. So this photographer is fast. This photographer is a little slower. This photographer doesn't like to do first looks. You're now able to have suggestions that they would have never thought of. Or we really don't need to have a lot of florals, but we like candles. Now you're able to say, well, we can't have candles here, but let me show you this. And then when you put it in the timeline, it's a cohesive day for the story that's going to unfold on that day. So, you know, I think it's imperative that, and they understand that it's going to be more than one timeline. You're going to be adjusting it. It's going to have to be flexible with it. But that's the beauty of somebody who's an expert in their field being able to do that. And even with these timelines, I'm sure there are mishaps. Things happen. Dresses don't fit. Things have to be altered. And so that's how you can manage the couple's expectations and the families by doing so. So are there some trends that you see out there that are allowing for mishaps to happen? Does that make, does that, does that question make sense? Like, are there things that are a problem that you go, man, if this would just go away, I would know the day would be smooth. Um, it's, it's a trend. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a trend. I know it's a heartfelt um, moment. Surprises. Right. Um, surprises, as far as the timeline goes, is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Um, gifting your bride and groom, like each other, something is so sweet. Um, but personally, I don't know if it's as necessary as people make it out to be. Right. Um, the first look, I think I love, I mean, I love that moment. Um, but that kind of also allows for some mishap because depending on the venue, that is depending on if 
you're able to stay the night prior to or if you just get it for the morning of or wherever you're getting ready, it can prove to be a little more challenging with the, the dance of having to hide them from one another, you know? If I don't have two separate areas that I could send the groom off to just, you know, play around and relax while the bride is getting ready, it can it can be a little bit of a problem. Well, it also makes your day longer. So then you have to get with hair and makeup people and say, hey, look, if, if hair and makeup people, and let's be honest, hair and makeup people sometimes do two or three weddings. Sometimes they service two or three weddings a day. If they've got everybody doing a first look at noon, that means, you know, that means they're juggling. And again, that's a planner communicating with that vendor, but those things do add up and they do make for a long day. But again, that's how you educate and can share the experiences. We still want our couples to do what they want to do. But again, you're the expert and you can say, Hey, look, that means makeup's at six o'clock. And then how many couples fight you on that? A lot. Uh, I mean, my last wedding. Oh my gosh. Makeup starts at 7am. I'm like, yep, you have a large party and you're right. having two first looks and you need to, be ready in time. So that means you're up early. Um, the one thing I wish personally that if they were to have a bridal luncheon, it'd be the day before, not the morning of your wedding. You don't really have time to sit and relax and enjoy your breakfast or brunch. You have to be getting ready. So we need to be able to bring the food to you and you girls just kind of graze as at your leisure but you need to stay in one consolidated area. So when hair and makeup are able to move on to the next person, we're not having to run all over the place trying to find you. Well, I think that goes like with grooms that want to golf. I mean, how many grooms come to you and say, Hey, I'm going to go golfing. No. And, and you're like, wait a minute, we no. can't have that in now. How's that possible? Yeah. Um, that is definitely, uh, well, we wanted to go fishing. Well, I want a million dollars. You have to stay here. You can't go anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and the, just, just the logistics when I hear these things, a golf ball hit the groom in the face, fishing a, a hook in the head, falling in the water. I mean, I just, so many things can go wrong when these groups <laughs> off and do something. Traffic alone, getting on and off of an island or getting on and off of like the highway, like, no, no, you stay right. here with me. Right. <laughs> like, I know you where you are. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not risking that. Um, Really and truly, there aren't many trends that that are – there are trends like the first looks and stuff like that that eat time up if you tell me at the last minute. Right. If you tell me at the last minute, oh, we thought about this, and then I have you booked to arrive at 2, and now I need you there at 12, it's going to be a problem. It's going to cost you more money. It's going to cost the bride more money. Like, it's – it's kind of knocking off the day's, you know, course of action. Well, and it puts you in that awkward position of, okay, now I have to call Bobby and I respect Bobby, but how do I say to Bobby, Hey, I need to add two hours. I know because you know, it's mm-hmm. $400 a per, I have to now go back to my couple and say, well, that's $800, but you have to call me and somehow ask me, is there any way you can do it for less than that? And you don't want to have to do that. No. You know? And, and, and you don't want to do that, and you at least educate your people going, hey, look, this is how much it's going to be to do this. Let's compromise, and we would have done this earlier had we need, needed to. But, you know, there's also some vendors I'm sure that you deal with, hair and makeup or florists, that cannot come early and make those adjustments because they've already done – they've already agreed to another wedding, and they're already committed for that. So, you know, those are, those are industries. I wanted to ask a little bit about mishaps in live music. 
um, bands. I mean, how are you seeing that there are more mishaps with when we have live music and live entertainment versus just a DJ? Uh, yes, I am. I, I love live music. However, depending on the band and depending on the group themselves, where they're from, if they're local, I'm finding less and less issues with local. Right. I'm having more and more issues with out-of-town bands that arrive late. They, don't, they underestimate the traffic. They lose their way. Their signal isn't the best because now they're out, you know, in the country compared to where they were in the city. Um, they don't really allow themselves time to come and do a walkthrough of the property. So they're walking in, not knowing anything. Oh, wait, we're on the grass? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even though I'll send them the link to the venue or the information that they need. And I ask them, Hey, this is not my department. I don't know if your amp needs to sit on a piece of wood or if it needs, if it's okay in the grass or does it, are you requiring that to be covered with the tent? Like I need to know all this information and I get kind of shushed on what well, we'll figure it out. Well, no, we won't figure it out. I need to know this now so I can factor that into my budget. Right. So really the mishaps that I'm coming across um, and just their lack of communication overall because they have gigs coming up and they're busy and I respect that and you said it yourself I do I it's very important to me having worked for a caterer I know the back end of other other career fields and and you know vendors schedules so I really try to respect that but at the same time I need to be able to set you up for success so you've got to be open with me and upfront on what what you're what your bottom line is. Like I need to know what your policy is. I need to know what your rules are. So that way I can respect them and follow through with it. Well, and that way when it comes, when a, when a couple or a parent does come to you, you can say, well, yes, but clearly here in the contract, this is what this is going to get you. So yeah. talking a little bit about that budget, when you meet with a couple, do you have a filler? Like, do you say, I'm going to add 20% just for, just for mishaps that might happen? Or do you, do you build that in a little bit or let couples know, hey, look, there needs to be a buffer here so I can have some play in case I need to adjust some things? I It depends on the couple, to be honest. If gotcha. they're telling me this is my absolute, this not a dime more, then I make them aware. I'm like, okay, well, something's going to need to be cut because something is going to happen. Um, like this last experience with the live band, they didn't send me their contract until three, four months before the wedding. And three months, four months before the wedding, I told the bride, hey, they're requiring you to cover them and they have to be on a stage. So that was an additional $4,000 that she had to shell out. Wow. If I had that contract from day one, I would have been able to factor that in. So, I mean, it just depends, like, how how cooperative my couple is. And, on and realistic. Friends. I mean, yeah, and realistic on a budget. Mm-hmm. So that way, if they come and talk to you, like, you know, we have another podcast and we talked about the catering and the event managers. I was like, if couples would just ask up front instead of just not wanting to share. I mean, I don't understand why couples, you know, you, you say all the time, you don't do this. So here we are. I mean, when you go buy a car, usually the first thing that somebody says is how much is this car or what's the best deal you can get me. So this is that once in a life, and I hate using that term, mm-hmm. but that's what it is, experience. So they need to come and ask realistic goals and say, hey, 
this is our budget. Tell me what you can do for this and then allow that to happen. And then that way, like you said, $4,000 because there's a writer in a band that they have to be covered is a mishap that would not have happened had you known from the beginning, even if it was going to be no matter what it costs, this is the band we need, you could have trimmed something else off somewhere else. So, you know, so again, avoiding mishaps. The number one key, I think, Veronica, is hire yourself, hire your planner first, and then be open and honest and ask all the dumb questions you can ask and let the planner then take that and set people up. I mean, what else can you add to how to avoid mishaps? Be patient. Um, understanding that you're not the only client. Um, understanding that you're not in the field that you're trying to contract out. So you need to understand that things aren't for free and people work very hard to produce your day. So you need to be realistic and know what they're putting into it. So you need to understand why things cost the way they do and be prepared to shell out a little more if you need to, if it matters that much to you. Um, and the number one way to prevent any mishaps is being open and honest with your wedding planner. Be upfront. If you can't be honest with me, then I, I can't help you. Right. So I mean, you're, like you're representing the couple in all aspects of the business. You, that's what you do from yeah. every, you know, and like I said, there's times that I don't talk to a couple. I only talk to you, but you're the representative. And then I, so I listen to you, you go back and forth you're the go between. That's why you're more than just a, push pen, a pencil pusher. And I know that that's why a lot of couples go, I don't need somebody to do that. Sure you do. It's a negotiation. If you want somebody negotiating for you, get yourself a wedding planner. So, exactly. and, and, and I think those are all key points. So there you have it, folks. Ways to avoid a mishap on wedding day. Hire your planner first. You know, this is a great starting point. And then if you have one out and hired other vendors, be open and honest. I want you guys all to reach out. I want you guys to find out and follow Veronica Howard Events and Design. If you're looking for a wedding planner, she's going to write, remind us in a few minutes or where you can find her on social media. But do follow her. Do um, ask her questions. I mean, she's very open and she's helping. And if she can help and guide you, she will. Wedding pros, you're going to want to work with Veronica. She's a very detail-oriented. And she's a lot like me. We want our mutual clients to be treated with respect and give the best. And so we want to surround ourselves with people that do that and make that day happen and work as a team. So Veronica, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for bringing up these mishaps. Remind our listeners where they can find you. On Facebook or Instagram uh, at Veronica Howard Events and Design. And Tina will link all that back in show notes. And Tina will put everything that Veronica's talked about, tidbits and everything in the show notes. So make sure you look at the show notes. And again, everybody, go follow Veronica. Reach out to her for your wedding plannings. I mean, she's coastal Georgia, but she does travel. Um, she has a wealth of information. Her background in culinary alone will uh, save you a lot of money and give you some really amazing food. And uh, she's really good at the design section too. So avoid the mishaps. Get yourself a planner. If you want to look for a planner in the area, I highly recommend Veronica. But no matter where you are saying I do, get yourself a planner. planner. Wedding days mishaps. All right, Veronica, thank you so much. Have a fabulous weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Listeners, go out and have a fabulous day. Remember the privilege and honor is to serve our customers and our clients. We do this because we are blessed to do this. Everybody have a fabo day. Thanks for joining us. We hope these conversations will take you into your wedding weekend with a little more confidence, proud of what you do, and how you serve your clients. Maybe you even picked up a business tip or two. Till next time, be fabo. Thank you.